um, the switches on microphones. <laughs> so I'm taking my time. Um, I'm not in a rush. You might just be watching me sit here and say nothing for a few minutes, if that's all right. I think um, whenever I come up to, to preach, I, I always try and keep a clean slate. I, I, I'm, I'm not a, a one for loads of notes and loads of different things because in some ways I've got to be careful that I just write that off the table. I, I don't want to like just throw that away and say I'm never going to use notes or anything like that. That's not, that's not what I'm trying to say. But if I sit there and try and write something down and write these step-by-step -step guides or whatever you want to say, three points to uh, prosperity or 17 points to salvation, or is it supposed to be three points to salvation and 17 points to prosperity? I don't know which one. Um, if I try and do that, I, I, I get really focused on trying to get everything correct and everything step by step and then I kind of look at people and I just think well that's the way I might think about it but you guys might not get it so I, I'm just taking my time tonight I do think God's got something to do tonight for each of us for me I, I, I never want to stand up at a pulpit and point one finger at you and nine fingers at myself but forget about the nine pointing at me. I, I'm here to preach the gospel. And the gospel is what? Good news. And if we're not operating in a place of good news, then something's wrong with our gospel. If our lives are not living a life of good news, there's something wrong with our life. If we are infiltrating the world of darkness with nothing but a smile on our face and hoping and praying that we're changing the world, there's something wrong there, isn't there? A smile on our face might get you through the day. It might actually cheer somebody else up that's next door to you in the cubicle that you work in, nine to five. I don't know if anyone works in a cubicle. I don't work in a cubicle. Thank God you can call my office a cubicle and I'm very much by myself when I am in the office until the pastor comes knocking on the door and says, this is what I want you to do, and then stays there for the rest of the day with me, figuring out what we need to do. I work at a church as a, uh, a bit of a designer. I help do creative stuff at the church that I'm in. Um, and it's such a pleasure to be able to do that. And I, I, I'm kind of toying with how much to share with you tonight, because the last month or two months, I've struggled. You're not supposed to say that as a faith preacher, are you? <laughs> now, I've had a, a tough time, and it's probably my own doing. I can remember when it started happening. It was just basically thoughts came, and I didn't deal with them thoughts quick enough. We know to cast down all imaginations. Don't make me quote the Bible at you. Um, you have these thoughts that drop into your, th your mind, and, and, and you kind of mull, mull, mull over them, and you know that you should perhaps be getting rid of them, changing them, replacing them, whatever you want to say. You, you, you know, uh, especially if you're well-schooled in this church's role in, in preaching the Word of God, you know that you can't let an enemy's thought take hold. Now, I dealt with it eventually. I kind of said, I'm not going to think on those things anymore. But that didn't really solve the problem. I just became grumpy. 
And I'm not going to say I did anything worse than being grumpy, and I'm not saying that I did anything evil, or I ran, and ran some children over with my car or anything like that. I didn't do anything nasty, but I was grumpy. And I don't know if anyone here has been grumpy before. Uh, my father-in-law is never grumpy, I have to say that. Yeah, we're all perfect. <laughs> or you lot are, I'm not. Um, and being grumpy has kind of really frustrated me. <laughs> because, uh, I, you know, I've got a Bible. I've got several Bibles. I could pick up a Bible and, you know, flip to certain chapters in the Bible. And it says rejoice. It says praise the Lord. It says laugh. And he in the heavens laughs at his enemies. All those things, they're just right there, you know. And probably they were that close to me for the last month and a half. The answer was that close to me. But I still had an issue for a month, or at least. And I was grumpy. And thank God, um, now this is the problem. I think this is where I'm trying to go with this. Is that over a month, I constantly was saying... I am not going to be defeated by this. I will not quit. I will not allow the enemy to defeat me. But nothing, in a sense, changed. Now, of course, I am a proponent for positive confession, obviously. I'm not going to say go around claiming my depression or my fear or my whatever. I'm not going to take that on board. And I, but I knew there was something wrong. And it took some friends of ours coming around on Friday night to solve the problem and it wasn't anything to do with them and it wasn't anything to do with me but you know what did happen they prayed for me and what happened was they prayed for me in a way they didn't prophesy they didn't say blah 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 and then my life changed they pray they ministered by the power of the Holy Spirit and it got to a point when the person who was praying for me said, it's broken. Now, I sat down in my chair, my sofa, and, and the first person prayed for me and just prayed in tongues over me. And I said, God, I am not resisting you. That's the first step, obviously. We know that. Don't resist God. If you resist God, what are you? You're, you're in pride. And God resists the proud. So you're not going to get anywhere. So I, I wasn't going to resist. But I did not feel anything. I wasn't. I know we don't go by feelings, don't misquote me, but I did not feel or sense anything. I was frustrated, I was upset, I was grumpy. But when they, this second person started to pray, started to intercede, and started to minister, something hit me. It was like a power generator. I don't want to say it wasn't immensely overpowering, but it was strong. And it cleared everything up like that. And then the word of God came. And the word of God came to me from the person who gave it that answered the same problem that I was whinging about for the last four weeks. In fact, before they came over, I was reading the scripture verses because one of the things that happens when you're grumpy and depressed and upset, for me anyways, I get very, very tired, very worn out, upset. I can't, I can't get enough sleep. I don't sleep well. I wake up every two or three hours or whatever, and I am worn out. And because of the pressures of, of life and, and the things that I go through and what we've got, with the mountains that we see in our 
highway of life that we're going down as a family the mountains that I see that I have thrown into the ocean but they're still glaring right back at me and trying to talk back to me and trying to make me feel like I can never get round this mountain over it under it whatever it has to get out the way or I'm never going to see change I see that and it's talking to me and I'm worried about it and I'm sitting there saying God I need to do this I need to do that I need to find this I need to do this job I need to work harder I need to shout at my kids louder so that they do what I want them to do I need to do all these things and it just builds up and builds up and it so eradicates your heart and overpowers your heart now God had a supernatural experience for me to change me and I'm standing here and I, I was generally concerned last week thinking well I've booked a night to preach thank God my family are here so if I go horribly wrong it's not going to you know, they're not going to run me out of town. But I have to trust you, God. But I don't think I could stand here and share what I'm sharing now if I hadn't had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And I think we forget this, one, in Word of Faith circles, us, or we even forget it in non-outside Pentecostal charismatic circles. We forget that God exists. We want to go... The Bible's real, and Jesus is the Word, and the Word made flesh, etc. Et we want to quote the Word, we want to believe the Word, we want to accept that this is reality in our lives. But we forget that actually, these are just words on a paper. We carry it around, under our arms, and say we're Christians. The reality is there's a place somewhere in the universe with a creator of heaven and earth sitting on it. And on his right hand is Jesus. Jesus, the same person that was the Word made flesh, came down to this earth, was born as a little baby, and then grew up to become the Son of the living God, dying on a cross, going to hell, being raised from the dead. But you know what? The story didn't stop there. Jesus said, I'm going to come. I'm going to leave you and send somebody. Let's look at that, actually. Um, because I will read something from my Bible because I know people get panicked if I don't do that. And everyone's going to get upset. Says, which, what Bible verse are you? I'm mess, I am playing. I, I do like to play. Right. Acts chapter 1. And I, 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 thank you, Father God, for this place, this church. For these people. I thank you, Father God, that they come out faithfully. I thank you, Father God, they are faithful to your word. And I thank you, Father God, that they know your word. And I thank you, Father God, that you, the connections that you want to put in their heart with you, with, with the Spirit of God, with the, the connection of power that, that you want to implant. And thank you, Father God, that we can have a real revelation of that tonight, yes. tomorrow, yes. and as we go forward. See, when Jesus, he was just about to leave. And you've got to remember, the 70 disciples were sent out, weren't they? They were sent out, and they, they were sent out by Jesus to go do awesome things. These were guys who weren't born again. They had no Holy Spirit living in them. They went out. They healed the sick. They cast out devils. They actually operated in supernatural prosperity, if you really want to get into it, and then that probably freaks some people out. But they actually walked around with nothing. And they walked around with just the coats on their back, and God provided for them every single step of the way. 
We, we get panicked when our benefits get dropped. We had that happen. This on, on thing. I, I don't want to go too much into that because I, I hate benefits. By the way, I, I absolutely love the fact that I have to be at the moment. I have to be on, but they cut. They cut it, and I'm just like, we've just lost income for no reason. Oh, I don't know why. Whatever. Did the letter that they sent out didn't come? Blah 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 blah. Suddenly, suddenly, I have to think. Hang on. Who's my source? Is the government my source or is God my source? Anyways, back to my point, my, my interesting story of the 70 disciples. Right, so they went out, and they healed the sick, they cast out devils, and they did some mighty works. They actually came back to Jesus, and, and, and Jesus had, had a relationship with them, intimacy, friendship. Like, my dear brother Di, who came and sat next to me to support me. And left me the minute I went up to the pulpit. That's how, I, that's how the disciples must have felt. The reality is they had a relationship. And, you know, if you're husband and wife and, and, and one of your, your, your wife goes away for a couple of weeks or I go away. I remember when I was first dating my wife and they, she went off to New Zealand for seven weeks. That was hard. And that was only the beginning of a relationship. Now if I go away for a, a night or two nights, I, I, it's very hard. Sometimes it's good because you kind of get rid of the kids and you're by yourself and you think, but after you've had your pub meal for, for the night and then you go back to the, the hotel and you have to just sit there and flick the TV because they've got no internet and all, you know, anyways, <laughs> such is my life. Very rarely happens like that. My point is, these disciples suddenly lost the figurehead of their movement. You know, in, 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 if you... This may sound like I'm lowering the tone a bit, but if, if you look at what they were on the earth, if you took away all the power and all the miracles that Jesus did and then the fact that he was, it look, would look very much like a cult. There was a, a figurehead and he, they lived together and they did all this kind of stuff. Obviously, we know that's not true, but suddenly the leader goes and what usually happens in, in, the, in these natural situations, the leader goes and the whole thing disappear, disappears. And, and, and what actually happens is you had the 70 disciples and then you had a, a, a whole bunch of other people that must have been following them around and it got smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Once Jesus left, they were left with 120 out of maybe thousands. We don't know. We had 120 people left. And let, let's read what Jesus said before I keep waffling. Uh, and I think this is even better, actually. Until the day, verse, uh, verse 2 on chapter 1, until the day in which he was taken up, after that he, was, he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also showed himself alive after he died and rose after his passion by many infallible proofs being seen of them 40 days. So Jesus rose from the dead for 40 days, carried on his ministry, which we don't really see much about that. It's just kind of glanced over. And yet, so how many more people would have been, oh, hang on, didn't we just kill that guy yesterday? He's now healing my aunt, whatever, of leprosy. You, you know, I mean, th 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 this, this kind of stuff happened. It's real. And, and it's, how amazing is that for 40 days? And then, of course, he says, wait for the promise of the Father, which you've heard of me. For John truly baptized with war, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. It is not for you to know the times of the seasons which the Father has put in his own power, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. See, Jesus was going away. And sometimes I think we feel like he's gone. 
we've had an initial encounter with God when we were younger, or some of us may have had it when we were very young. I was two when I got saved. There, there may be some of you were a bit older when you got saved. Maybe got baptized and only got ghost a bit older. I was about five. So I've always had this relationship with God all through my life. But sometimes you just feel, well, Jesus, you're not here. And for the last month, I felt like Jesus was not in my life. I had the Word. I had the Holy Spirit living in me. I could still pray in tongues. I could still do all these things. But something was wrong. Now, it's, I, I take full responsibility, as we should each take responsibility for our own lives. I don't think you should ever blame Brexit or anything <laughs> for your woes in your life. There, there may be some genuine reasons that things have happened in your life that aren't your fault. I, I appreciate that. But generally how we feel, who we are inside of us, and how we think and perceive things in the world, and how our angles of looking at things, that's generally our responsibility. Your mother may have brought you up a certain way. That was just plain wrong. So you need to take responsibility and change your thinking, change your actions. and act. We all know that. So for, for me, this last month, it's been like there's been a brick wall, a, like a solid brick wall between me and God. And I tried. It wasn't like I wasn't trying. It wasn't like I was backsliding. I didn't go out and thought, well, you know what, God, I don't care about you anymore. I'm going to go party on a Friday night because that's obviously more real. No, I didn't do that. And none of us, I hope none of us are going to do that ever if we ever come to a situation. But the answer, I'm going to come back to Acts in a minute, I think. The answer that God gave me, because I was looking at Hebrews, and Hebrews is, talks about entering into the rest of God, doesn't it? We all love that idea. And I was looking at I was reading it, and I was sitting there going, this was before my encounter with God, by the way. This was before my Holy Ghost encounter. I was sitting there going, well, how do I enter into rest? Now, we could say, oh, by faith. That's great. That's, that's okay. Thank, thank you for that. I know that. By faith, I can enter into rest. Right, well, okay, I, I, by faith, I'm not resting. Still not resting. By faith, I enter into rest. By faith, by faith, I'll take the word. But you know what? God gave me an answer that I needed. Sometimes this words on this piece of paper don't always answer our exact need, do they? I mean, if you need to buy a car and you need to know which car to buy, there ain't scripture and verse for that. There ain't scripture and verse to live. I mean, Jesus said we should go to Samaria and Judea. Should we all move over there, shall we? But he says also the uttermost parts of the earth. Anyways, you know, I'm going with that. Matthew chapter 11. And this was, the, this, this scripture first came out in a prophetic word to me. It wasn't, it wasn't read to me. But I thought once I got the, the word for me, I thought, you know, I best go read it. If you look at chapter ten, 11, verse 28. Come to me, all who are weary and heavily burdened. That was me by religious rituals that provide no peace. So I'm reading from the New Amplified Version, and, and obviously religious rituals is in the brackets. So let's just ignore the brackets for a second. Come to me, all who are weary and heavily burdened, and I will give you rest. What was I reading just before my friends came over? Enter into his rest. 
Hang on. How do I enter into his rest? Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Follow me as my disciple, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and my burden is light. See, there's many yokes in this world. There's many things you can pick up and carry. Um, I, I remember going to, to Aldi's a, a few months back, and I just literally done a week of exercising. And the exercise that I'd done was a lot of like arm movements and shoulder movements and things. And I was trying to carry these bags, and oh my word. Now what it was, was it was, I didn't get a trolley, I got one of those plastic things, and I filled it. And I was like, ah, ah, this is a burden I cannot carry, because I have just worn myself out at the gym. How do we, often do we wear ourselves out in life, and then still try and pick up the burdens that we weren't meant to carry? How often do we do that? I do it all the time. Because the minute I start looking at that big mountain, and this thing is bigger than Everest as far as I'm concerned, I'm, li I'm in my little Volvo, well, big Volvo, 4 by 4 great, but it ain't getting up that mountain. It ain't going through it. It ain't going round it because I haven't got enough gas in it, petrol, diesel, whatever. We have these things in our eye line. We have these things in our sight. We, we, we are looking in the natural 95 to 99% to 100% of the time, most of us. I don't care how much we preach at the front, don't look at the natural. How often do we look at the natural? We look at it with the look at the disease in our bodies. We look at the circumstances in our life. We look at everything that's going on around us, and we just see that. And then what happens, the next step in that, wonderful view because you know looking at mountains is quite cool we were talking to pastor david going up to edinburgh it looks lovely and snowy up there but you know what he was on a path he had a destination to get to he didn't drive into the mountain he went the right way he followed the sat nav the sat nav is an analogy of who the holy spirit living inside of us hopefully they got there on time hopefully everything went well yes because they followed the directions that they needed to do. But most of us aren't doing that. We're in fact going off-road and aiming the car, the boat, the truck, the helicopter, whatever you're driving in life, and you're just aiming straight at the mountain. You're aiming straight at the problem. You're aim you, it, 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 what I did was I literally said, oh, okay, the situations and circumstances. Jesus said he would deal with them. He died on the cross, but now... Nah, He's not going to do it by tomorrow. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick it up and put it on my shoulders because I know I can deal with that problem quicker than God Almighty can. How often do we do that? I live like that. It's a cycle. It's very often that, that I start carrying these things and you just start burden, burden, burden. And, and suddenly you're on the floor. Now, being on the floor is a pretty good place to be. Because if you get on your knees and get on your face, you may actually find an answer. But most of us don't do that. We go, no, I want to get up. I don't want to get on my face. I don't want to get on my knees. I don't want to seek God and actually find an answer for the situation. I want to carry what's on my back and carry it until eternity. I do not want to 
live free because you get used to it, don't you? Uh, you get used to the monkey on your back. You get used to chatting to him and say, hey, how are you? Oh, I'm awake now. I'm miserable again. That's great. I'm going to live with this. Oh, that, that pain in my knee. It's all right. I'm going to live with it. I, I live with pain in my body for a long time. Quote quoting the scripture verse at it. You know what sorted it out? I went to the gym. I actually changed the way I did my life and it actually helped the pain that I was believing God for to get. Now, that, uh, that is just a natural way of fixing a problem sometimes. And there are natural ways. If you've got debt, you might want to increase the amount of money that you're putting towards that debt. That's a natural thing you can do. But sometimes there are supernatural issues in your life that you're never, ever going to fix with natural means. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. Is that microphone coming on? It sounds like it's gone off. Has it gone off? Hasn't it? My yoke upon you and learn from me. Following me as my disciples. There's another scripture verse that I've been meditating on lately the whole last month don't know what happened then so doesn't matter I'll keep going and that's John chapter 8 and here's the faith message you ready for it now I've got you to where I need you to be I think or the Holy Spirit wants you to be anyways this is See, when you're in a position when you're actually walking with the burden that Jesus has put on your back rather than the one you've picked up along the side and you thought, oh, well, that looks like a good yoke. That, that looks like it'll fit me nicely. I'll just put that on. And then you walk down the road again and you see another one. I'll pick that up. And you've, you've created a burden. But if you actually get rid of all that and walk the right path and suddenly... To say, I will provide an answer. I'm, I'm working, up, working on this. Uh, God's going to get us there. But once you've got that burden that Jesus has put on our back, that, that thing that he's put, the lightness of God. See, <laughs> in his presence is what fullness of joy. The kingdom of God is what righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. You know, right now, you don't have to wait for me to pray for you or the pastors to pray for you. You can just hook up to God, the joy is here. It's, 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 it's inside of us. But Jesus said to the Jews which believed on him, this is um, John chapter 8, verses 31, If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. And I've been thinking on that scripture verse a lot lately because while, I, while I've struggled, while I've carried burdens that I should not have been carrying while I've been worried I've been thinking continue in my word continue in, see if if you're going to continue in something it's down a path isn't it it's down a straight path it's it's I'm going to continue in this I'm going to carry on with this so if you're carrying the wrong stuff and you're continuing in the wrong stuff we can forget the next verse. I'm not going to read the next verse yet. Don't look in your Bibles to see what the next verse is because you've heard it so many times it will slap you around the head and you'll think, what? 
If you continue in my word, then you are my disciplined ones, is how I like to say it, my disciples. See, when you're carrying the burden that Jesus has provided for you, joy, love, peace, faith, the fruit of the Spirit, all those things, and you're learning how to take that view that's in, in front of you and change the picture, when you can learn how to change that view in front of you and continue in what the Word says. See, the Word is really what our vision should surround. It, it, that's what we should be focusing on, but we don't, do we? We forget. We, we put our Bible down and say, I know the Word. I know the Word. Yes, I still know the Word, but I've not opened it. I've not read it. I've not looked at it. Now, I'm talking to a group of people generally who are very well schooled in this. So I may be repeating an old hat to some of you. And I hope I'm not. I hope it never becomes old hat. I hope it never becomes old hat because it becomes old hat to me very quickly. I, I, I'm try I don't know why, but I just feel like I need to be honest tonight. I honestly feel like I need to sit there and go, you know what, I've, I'm wearing a relatively okay suit. I've got them all on my buttons right. I've kept the bottom one fashionably undone so that when I sit down it just fits properly. I've got my tie on correctly. I think well, that's not the best tie in the world. I have had to unbutton my top shirt. I'm sorry. I really, I really am upset because my neck just, just, anyways. I'm trying to be honest here because sometimes I could walk from here to here, waving my hand around, saying how awesome God is. God is awesome. God is awesome. God is awesome. And get so excited and so jump up and down and say, yay, God. God is awesome. It's amazing. It's but sometimes you sit there and you think, yeah, I know God's awesome, but he's not awesome to me. You sit there, don't you? I sit there. I've sat there in services and think, God is awesome? Yeah, he is, but is he awesome to me? Is he dealing and working in my life? Is he dealing and working with the things that are going on? Is he really working in my life? And we could say, well, you've got to keep your confession right. You've got to say the right things, and the angels will stop, cross their arms if you don't say the right thing. Yes, those things are true, but what is faith? It's of the heart, isn't it? It's not of the depressing. It's not of the burden. It's not of the, the frustration. Fr frustration is something that really grinds you. And I want what God's got for me, but I'm so frustrated I'm not going to be patient for it. And suddenly you're not, you're not in a place of faith anymore. And I feel like the, the Spirit of God, especially maybe it's just dealing with me. Maybe this is, message is for me and I'm going to get the CD and buy it and I'm going to listen to it. But maybe that's what is, is, is right for me. But my heart is crying out to a people, not just in this room, to the world out there and every single level, whether they're on the cliff of going into hell or the, or the platform going into heaven. My heart cries out because I want a reality in people's lives. I want people to have reality. I love this couple here, right right here. I probably preach to them more than they remember, than some more than you, because I've preached them at my, my church as well. And I love how they turn up faithfully and look sweet. There's a sweetness about them, isn't there? I'm embarrassing them. It's great, isn't it? It's sometimes you need to embarrass people because, because yeah, he's like, I would rather he was laughing than crying. But it's lovely to see 
people who have lived a life over time and gone through everything and still have a sweetness about them. Because the other opposite is the guys that are <laughs> move me. I'm going to stand on this platform that I'm stood on, my soapbox. It's I've sat down, Jesus has sat down, I'm sat down with him and I'm not moving. I'm not moving because I am old, I'm going to heaven soon, and I don't care what anyone else thinks. What would you rather have? Sweetness. And all of our challenges, the challenges in our lives and the things in our lives that need to just kind of just be... <sighs> Do you sense that? <sighs> if you're really in a relationship with God Almighty, because remember, He is Almighty. He is creator of heaven and the earth. He knows the very... F See, I mean, the thing is, He knows exactly how that chair was built. How it was, and not only how who, who made it, but also how it was made and how it was structured. But then he also knows the hairs on your head. Then he also knows how your clothes were made, how your inner workings were made. All these different countries. He knows every single part. How awesome actually is God? But he, is he awesome to you? Are you plugged in to the awesome God? Are you plugged in to the 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 powerful God. See, a powerful moment and a connection with God can change your life. It changed my life on Friday night because I woke up. I went to college on, in Manchester yesterday and my wife said to me last night, I'm glad to have you back because for a month I was miserable. I wasn't nasty. I didn't strike her. I didn't yell at her. I yelled at my kids a bit too much but God through his power and his connection with the spirit of God changed something in me in a matter of split seconds and we fall short so often because we're not connected on a day-to-day -day basis I could have avoided this last month's grumpiness by dealing with the thought that came immediately and the the, the strict, the, the religious person in the room might say, well, you were wrong, you should have dealt with it then, you should have, you should, uh, uh, uh. well, no, you know what, God was, didn't do that to me. God came and said, yeah. that's all he did. Because the person didn't know that was praying for me. She didn't have a clue. But the minute it was broken, the minute the Spirit of God reconnected with my heart, because he did something that I didn't know how to do. I didn't know how to fix it. See, sometimes in, in faith circles, we've got to be very careful that we don't say, I'm going to do the word. Did you hear what I said there? Because we said, do you, everyone says, do the word, do the word, do the word. That's great, do the word. But when you start saying, I'm going to make the word work in my life, it's a bit dodgy. Because you can't make, let's, let's, let's use an analogy. If you give your tithes and offerings into the bucket or into the church or whatever, can you multiply that money? You can't. You've got not, you could work all the hours of the day. You could work 
everything, your fingers to the bone, but you will never produce the result back that God can do to your humble giving. Your, see, doing the word is acting it out, acting like Jesus, being an imitator of God, all those wonderful things, but you cannot make it work. That's not your job. The farmer, and we use this analogy all the time, the farmer plants the seed. Does he grow the tree? And, and something that's really interesting, and I've learned this recently, I've listening to some good messages on this, and I think it's amazing, it's something called perpetual harvest. There are trees in, I don't, I don't know where, but I presume Italy and all those kind of places, that are 1,100 years old. One seed planted is still producing grapes and olives and all that kind of stuff. One seed of your life, one Gloria Copeland says it this way, when she got bored again, God, do something with my life. And look what she, God's done through her. That's just one person. Sometimes we forget that God's the one that's going to... Mo- and it, you know, it doesn't matter if there's only three people that you affect in your life. That one of those three people might go and affect thousands. So your seed, your life is that seed. And you see, a seed going into the ground in concrete isn't going to produce anything, is it? It's got to be placed in the right place. You see, Jesus is talking... It's all, all, this, all these different analogies. Farmers, seeds, cars, mountains, all this kind of... Just basically boils down to having an intimate relationship with a God who loves you and he loves you so much even the hard-headed people in this room or in, I'm sorry that means you're hard-headed and I'm not that, that, in any room any hard-headed person has got to realize that they cannot achieve what God can achieve in 30 seconds of your life see ministry of the Holy Spirit doesn't come from the person at the pulpit I have a privilege of being able to stand here with a microphone. That's a privilege. That's an honor to be allowed to come back to a place, let alone come in the first place. But you see, my job isn't to pour oil onto you, but there's an angel behind you that might well do. I can't do it. The Holy Spirit can. The Holy Spirit is working in every single one of your hearts right now. And I would encourage you just to yield to whatever that is. What, however, see, the more you use this, the harder it becomes. And it, I don't know what it is. I don't know why God's created us this way. You could say, well, it's the fall, the curse, and all that kind of stuff. But God created us with brains that work. That we, they think. You know, I'm a thinker. I, I think... If you give me, uh, someone might smile at me at church, and I've got six different reasons as to why they smiled at me. It could be because they were laughing at me. It could be that I had my tie crooked, so they were making fun of me, and then they went into the toilets and told the whole story about the, how my tie was crooked, and I am not, a, a, or they could have just been being nice. And it, that's how the brain works, isn't it? And we do that in all of our lives. The brain just, just functions, functions, functions. But that is not part of carrying that light burden. Let's get to the place of how we do this. Let's, I want to try and bring this to a, some sort of a conclusion. I think, I, I think I'm quickly becoming like, what is it, one of the apostles who says, and finally, and then writes three more chapters. So just bear with me. Um, you probably could guess where you're going. This is the scripture verse that God gave me at the beginning of the year. It's in Hebrews chapter 12. 
So you want to carry the burden that Jesus carries. Or the, you want to carry the burden that Jesus gives you, which is light. It's not wearisome. It it's allows you to be energetic. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, basically is what God gave me. I'm going to start in verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness, stripping off every unnecessary weight and the sin which so easily and cleverly entangles us, let us run with endurance and active persistence the race that is set before us. Looking away, what was I talking about? Looking at mountains, looking at what's in front of you, looking away from all that will distract us, and focusing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of faith, the first incentive for our belief, and the one who brings our faith to maturity, who for the joy of accomplishing the goal set before him. See, how many of us have got goals and dreams and destinies and wonderful things ahead? I don't care how old you are. There's things that are in front of your life. Are you facing them with joy? Are you facing them with freedom? I know I wasn't. I know I was looking at them with absolute burden, fear, trepidation, planning on the worst, planning on everything that was going to go wrong in my life. Was I approaching it with joy? See, joy... We could again. We could go into Christian cliches again with with joy, you know. We've got to be laugh by faith, and we've got to do all that kind of stuff. And that's that's nothing wrong with that. I love laughing by faith. In fact, I was watching a Holy Ghost meeting um, a week or so ago, and uh, the minister asked them to sing the song again. And and this is the closest I've seen like the Raymond singing band. John Kenneth Hagen used to walk up and say sing it again. This is the closest I've seen. And there was the song by Darlene Check, Joy in the Holy Ghost. And I, I love that song anyways. And if you don't know it, Google it. Um, and the, the black girl singer, she was a good good singer. And you know, like a black voice, not like a, a, a wimpy white voice. It was a, a proper, powerful voice, yeah? And, and she... She got to the place where she was singing Joy in the Holy Ghost, but she, start, she kept laughing. But she, I, I gave her all her dues. She tried to sing that song, but she got so drunk in the Holy Ghost because she was talking about joy in the Holy Ghost that she was just gone. The, whole, the rest of the band, they got the harmonies going. They, the harmonies were still nailed. The, the drummer was going great. The, the guitar, But this woman, she was just going and going. And she, and she ended up on, the, I mean, the poor ushers, because she was not the smallest of late. The ushers were like, you know, they all, like, my father-in-law, he, he, he got that nailed down. I, I, he's had to sort, sort me out a few times when I was all over the place. But I mean, it's like, like that. Boom, landing on the floor. But because she had the microphone, you could hear everything that was going on. She didn't. She, you know, I mean, she didn't like go like. But she was like completely saturated, overflowing with the Holy Spirit. We don't live like that on a day-to-day basis, do we? We could. What does the Bible say? Be not drunk with the wine, but be filled. Being filled and being filled and being filled with the Holy Spirit. One one filling, but many infillings, many overflows, many joyful and wonderful overflows. Because life, we need to just sit back and laugh. Why do people go and get drunk on a Friday night to try and forget the problems that they've got? 
Why do we get drunk in the Holy Ghost? To forget the problem <laughs> we've got. Because if you don't, you can constantly look at some something that you're driving right at and there's, there's, there's no solution. You've cast it into the sea by the words of your mouth. You've had the faith of God. You've not be- doubted in your heart, but you've believed and you've spoken. You've said the things, but the mountain's still there. Why is it still there? Why? That's where the Holy Spirit comes in. Because in a split second, the Holy Spirit can rip that mountain up by the roots and throw it as far away as possible. And you don't know when, and you don't know how, but he will do it again. again. Because God is a consistent God. He doesn't stand still. He's moving. He's working. He's developing. And she's, yeah. He's just crying to work through you and in you and around you. And you see that the greatness of God is so awesome, so wonderful, so powerful that it just literally will work time and time and time again. See the car I've got paid for I didn't pay for it the money came in I had no way of paying for it the bathroom that's getting put in my house I didn't pay for it I had no way of paying for it but God miraculously moves in my life in your life and you can you can look back I can guarantee all of us can look back on their lives and see where God's done things where he's healed your body. See, I wasn't meant to live. I was born six, seven, eight weeks early. You know, the church had to pray me alive. I was on death's door. My mother didn't come out. My dad looked after me before my mother did. And you don't realize these things when you look back over your life and you think, I am so grateful for the history and legacy in my family of the Holy Spirit, of God, of, of a hunger for God and seeking God's face. Because there's things that just consistently happen in the negative in our lives. And we see the consistent, you know, it's almost like clockwork. Every year Christmas comes, every year the MOT comes. Oh God, thank God the MOT, it only cost me £49 this year. Christmas went ahead, woohoo! And that's where we see life. We see it consistently in the negative. Oh my gosh, it's another cycle. The council tax is going up again. This is happening. This is happening. Where are you, God, in my life? But yet, if you look back in the positive, the miracles are there. The freedom is there. The the joy is there. You know, the joy of seeing your child for the first time. How marvelous is creation in a, in, 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 when, it, when the child comes out of, your, of, of the woman's body and, and, and it's just alive, alive. And God's breathed the spirit into him. I mean, uh, it's, you know, we all know what's happened in New York lately with the abortion law changing and the, the third trimester children being allowed to be aborted. How evil a society we've become. And yet, it's just nothing. Let's just throw away a baby's life. And yet, somebody takes a picture of somebody with a gun and an elephant, and there is uproar. Uh, that angers me. Because you're, la- you're worried and crying about elephants. I, I, there is a place for that. I, I don't agree with killing off species. But yet, we just let 
governments just kill children. And I'm not getting on a, a soapbox at all because this country doesn't really talk about these things. We're not allowed to. Shh. But the reality that God Almighty breathes life into every single baby that is born. Every single child has the potential to grow up and do amazing, mighty works for God. Jesus left those disciples. You know, Jesus didn't say, wait for the Holy Spirit and tongues, did he? Tongues was a result of what happened. What God was on about, what he wanted, was to fill his people with his very spirit and power. You see, the burdens that we're carrying are not meant to be carried by us. They're not fit for us. They're not create, they're not adjusted. It's like David trying to put on Saul's armor. It just did not fit. He had to fight Goliath the way he knew how to fight Goliath. We need to fight our situations how Jesus knows how to fight them. And that will fit. That will work. When I'm carrying something, a burden that isn't my own, I struggle and I get frustrated and I get upset and I'm back to carrying the load myself. And whatever God's doing in my life, I will never see it. See, God's still working. Even if you're not in faith, he's working. The trouble is, you'll be over here when the miracle's over there. Because you've decided to go your way and not God's way. The sat-nav is constantly going, bing, bing, turn around, turn around. Not the right direction. Turn around, bing, bing. And you can just ignore it, turn it off, throw it out the window, whatever. But we carry on on a path that is just basic. And, and you know what the, sh- the real shame of it all is? What the real upset frustration that God must have? He wants to clear out the highways, the byways. He wants to take his spirit into every circumstance and situation in the world. And we are not allowing him in our own lives. We're boxing him in in our own lives we're carrying something else for us that we're not meant to carry so everyone who needs the holy spirit that hasn't got it because they're not yet saved that we're just walking on them by we're looking at the mountain we're looking at the issues that we've got in front of us we're looking at the problems and we just miss the people that have just fallen off the cliff into an eternal darkness that's hard sobering thinking that's the evangelist in me. That's the guy who wants to stand on the corner and preach the gospel. Do I do it? No. Because a lot of the time I'm carrying my own burdens. I'm carrying my own thinkings. Or I'm carrying a thought that they don't really want to hear it. They don't really understand it. See, God wants to do something in each and every one of your lives. You guys' lives, you still got something to do for. You know, you're not done. You guys aren't done. You know, it's hard for me to stand in front of my family and say these things because they know me. They see my mistakes. They see when I lose my temper or when, when I get very upset with my wife for not wanting to actually get out the door and get in the car so we can go home. And never helps me with the kids, etc. Get them out the door. She does help me with the kids, but not in those situations. So it's hard for me to be honest like this. But for some of you in this room, I really believe that, that God, if you will allow him, to be the vessel that you really want to be. If you, I heard a minister talk about like a plumbing pipe. 
And the Spirit of God is trying to rush down that plumbing pipe. But what's happened over the years is little grains of sand have just got into that pipe. And they've just got it built up, built up, built up. And a trickle is coming out the end of that pipe. And just a little dib, dab, dish, dosh. You know, when I get up on stage to play guitar at my church, that might, I might give a little dabble out. I don't think I'm ever operating in the fullness of what God's got for me. I, that's me being self-critical, maybe. But the reality is that pipe needs to be flushed out on a regular basis because day by day we just let them build up and let them build up. We talk about the problem or we talk about somebody else's problem or we get upset with somebody else. Or all these little things. So all the stuff that I do from a pulpit perspective or, or from a, a, a ministerial perspective, just sitting down and talking to somebody, am I really allowing the Spirit of God to flow as He should? It's, a so, again, another sobering thought. Because if we are, see, we sing that song, Jesus is the light of the world, light of the world, light of the world, Jesus. Well, is Jesus the light of the world? Well, He's in heaven. We're the light of the world. We're the salt of the earth. We're what brings flavor to a dead planet, a planet that is dying. I don't get off onto this whole plastic things and all the recycling. All, I don't get off onto all that because I know the earth is going to last at least another thousand years, and then it will be thrown away. God ain't recycling this earth. He's binning it, isn't he? He's going to make a new heaven and a new earth. Now, don't get me wrong. If you can save and recycle, that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. But what I'm trying to hit home tonight <coughs> is that there's a freshness of the Spirit of God available to each and every one of us. A freshness. Just let's close our eyes. I can keep talking, but I want to see what the Spirit of God wants to say. Because that freshness of the Holy Spirit that power of the Holy Spirit is available to each and every one of us right now. Holy Spirit, I just ask you to minister right now to each and every one of us. Deal with the situations and the circumstances that we're going through. But deal with it only how you can get deal with it. Holy Spirit, just flow in this place. Minister in this place. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. We welcome you in this place today. Welcome you. We yield ourselves to you. We humbly yield ourselves. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Praise you, Jesus. Praise you. 
praise you, Jesus. with fresh oil the anointing upon us renew that we may cease to be weary Jesus and go forth with us strength renew. If there's anyone who would like prayer, I, I invite you to come now. Because I do think there is a spirit, a sense of the Spirit of God wanting to refresh people. There's no pressure to come forward. I'm not, I can't do anything. But if there's something specifically, someone here that wants to just, <coughs> just spend some time receiving, Come forward. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oil, the anointing upon us renew Jesus, Jesus, that we may cease to be weary, 
go forth with our strength renewed in Jesus, Jesus. Lord, anoint us with fresh oil. The anointing upon us renew. That we may cease to be weary. Jesus, Jesus. And go forth with our strength. Jesus. Just stay there, guys. No rush. There's no rush. There's no rush. You don't have to run off. See, it's a slow river. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Some rivers are fast. Some rivers are quick. But some rivers, you just float down. You float down. Float down. You don't even have to fall down. You just drink. Yes, yes, yes. Drink. 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 Jesus. Drink. Free. 
and it will carry you through everything if you take the time to drink. Thank you, Father God, for a wonderful evening in your presence. Thank you for steering us. Thank you for lifting us up. Thank you for encouraging us. And as we go forth tonight into our week and months ahead, help us remember and to stay with your yoke. Help us to choose you first before we choose something else. Help us to loose the weights that are holding us back. See, the blood of Jesus has covered us from all the sin, but the weights, they're sometimes our decision. Help us let them go and look unto you, because you started it, and you'll finish it, everything in our lives. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. He's God. Hallelujah. Awesome God. Awesome God. Awesome God. Father, we are so thankful. So thankful for your presence here. So thankful for your ministry. Father, we open our hearts and receive everything that you have for us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. feel you should have come out or you want to come out now it's not too late don't listen to the enemy telling you you've missed it no you haven't father has so much total 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 provision nothing missed out nothing missed out nothing nothing strong anointing in this place Strong anointing. Strong anointing. Horasha. Horaso Korogoso. Horasamba Bakendekasi. Endasamba Bakondekasi. Korogondekasi. You don't have to go if you just want to stay and just. But thank you for being here. Thank you for coming. If you can stay for fellowship, just stay for fellowship. 
God loves us so much, so much. Jesus Christ is Lord. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I think we're going to be here all night. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Change is happening now. Change. we go from here.
want to just lay hands on Pastor Dale. Just feel it's so strongly anointing. Yes, okay. Just strength back to normality in the name of Jesus, physically. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just reach out and agree. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. The name of Jesus, the anointing, the glory, the glory, the glory, the glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 